1: Six, foot six above sea level. I grab my mic because I like to take you to another mental level. Low no power frequency, radio modulation. The big sound from underground. We bring
0: the t- Good afternoon, Madison. You're listening to WORT 89.9 FM. I'm your host, Ali Maldrow. It takes the average Latina 12 extra months to earn the average white, non-Hispanic man, what the average white, non-Hispanic man earns. That is because Latinas are only paid 55 cents to the dollar of what white men make. The Madison-based group Midwest Mojeras is hosting an event to change that narrative through storytelling. Join us to talk about it. Joining us to talk about it is Robbie Dominguez and Arceli Esperanza. The storytelling event is Yo Quero Dinero, or I Want Money. How are y'all doing today? Robbie, I'm gonna start with you. (laughs)
1: I'm doing great. This is uh, my first time doing something like this. A little nervous, but definitely very honored to be here with you ladies and being next to Adeseli here, who has kind of taken me under her wing over the years. And um, she's always opening uh, doors for me and creating new experiences. And a uh, pleasure to meet you, Ali. I'm, I'm just real honored to be here.
0: Oh, Thank you so much for joining us, Robbie. <laughs> and I, I got to say, I'm glad that you get to have your first interview on WORT 89.9. FM feel like we're very honored and very <laughs> lucky to get to be one of the first groups to amplify your voice. I'm sure there'll be many more people who want to talk to you um, because what you all are doing and what you have to say is incredibly important. Arceli, how are you doing today? How's it going, mama?
2: Oh my God, I feel like every like every text, every message that friends in the community are like, how can I help you with Friday? Like I feel like so much comadrismo, like being a comadre means like to co-mother. It's also like a, it's a Latino word, for, well, Spanish word of a Latino tradition of being like godparents. So I feel mm. like my whole community is like being godparenting to me or co-mothering. Cause when I see the word comadre, I think of madre right. Right, like co-mothering, but really it's about um, God parenting. That's mm. the, really the traditional word for what that means. And so the action of everyone, like just messaging me and give, sharing, sharing our links, sharing our stories and our visions to folks is just. It's very powerful, and so thank you so much for being part of this tradition. I do feel un poco like this is a quinceañera almost, <laughs> but it's like a coming out story. We don't do this for for us women who, you know, for women in our, you know, after graduation. There was just a big graduations, right? That We just had all these graduations, and, um, and that's a mark of life, but we don't do that for like this West, like for later on. For mm. later on, like, we don't have coming out parties for, and this is literally a coming out party for our businesses. I want Ravi to say once again who she is because she is a fitness instructor. She's oh. a big sister in their community. Ravi's <laughs> um, out here helping folks get their bodies right. Okay. Let's talk about it. Ravi, let's, yeah.
0: let's, let's talk so, about you. Um,
1: I always uh, tell people that your health is your greatest wealth, mm. and um, I'm a personal trainer. also known as your gym bestie Um, and I am a personal trainer here on the west side of Madison and what I gather from a lot of my clients which a lot of my clients are Latinos and I hear that there's not a lot of places that my community can go to where Mm -hmm. they can feel comfortable and work out um, because of the language barrier and so that's kind of what's unique about me um, as far as being a personal trainer. Of course, I have all different clientele, women and men, but it's nice to be a Latina personal trainer and have um, Latinos feel comfortable coming to me. Um, Can we talk a little
0: bit about what kind of training Mm -hmm. do you do? do? How do you train people? How do you help people get in shape or get ready for what they're trying to do in their life?
1: Well, it's different for every person. It just depends on what their goals are, um, what they're coming to me for, because, you know, Fitness is a lot about getting in shape. Um, uh, people wanna lose weight, people wanna get stronger, but um, we often forget that even working out helps with your mental, um, helps yeah. stress, helps with
0: energy, um, your energy levels. It, um, so it's just I more think that's than such just a good your reminder body. on a day like today. I gotta admit, mm-hmm. like the weather today has got me a okay, little down. And I, I text my partner before the show, like I'm gonna work out after my, my <laughs> organizational board <laughs> meeting tonight because I yeah. need to I
2: need yeah. to boost myself a little. I um, love so, her tagline, too. Yes,
1: yes. So that's another thing that I um, put Ars- out there. Arcelia's over
0: here prop in this business. I'm like, <laughs> Arcelia's <a> me- <laughs> memorized your manifesto. She's on, it. <laughs> she's on it. Tell us about your tagline. Um,
1: yeah, so I uh, like to tell people decide, commit, and succeed. Um, and I just always tell people, look, when you come with me, I don't want to waste your time. I don't want you to waste my okay. time. But you know what? If you decide to make a change in your life, because to me, working out isn't just a hobby, isn't something you're going to just do for a period of time. It's a lifestyle change. So if you come to me, you've made a decision and you commit to that, I will be with you every step of the way. I will be your cheerleader. I will be your encourager. I will be there on the days that you feel like you can't do it. Um, I will tell you that even though it's hard, you can do it. Um, And I will just push you. And then with me, you can't lose. So decide. Commit, I'll be right there with you, and together we'll succeed. So, oh man,
2: yeah.
0: I'm for it. So, like, so if you, you are need hired, a trainer, you know Ollie, I'm, I'm, <laughs>
2: I'm like I'm, I'm sold, there, girl. <laughs> right? That's what's. up. I mean, I think that's what what also like motivates me as as the founder of Midwest Mujeres are these amazing stories Then nuestra cultura, from our com- community. because a lot of times, like, we are dealing with so much, like, economic depression and, like, you were just saying, just the weather. But let's be real. It's about being in the Midwest. It's like the weather's reflecting what, what's on our pocketbooks or what there is lacking thereof, right? And so sometimes, we just need to decide and commit to succeed See, yeah. despite mm-hmm. the weather and despite what's in our pocketbook.
0: you this is what I love about you is that, like, the clouds have now become a metaphor for the, oh, overwhelming oppression of this
2: community <laughs>
0: um and the and the lack of resources that you know folks of color have if you're just tuning in you're listening to WORT 89.9 mm-hmm. FM I'm your host Sally Maldro. I'm on the air with just dope people Robbie Dominguez is an entrepreneur who is on a remarkable journey to make a meaningful impact while pursuing her passion and building a thriving business. Her new business is Your Gym Bestie. Mm-hmm. There, Ravi, is helping women transform their commitment to, fit, to fitness. Arceli Esperanza is the founder of Midwest Mojeras, Inc. She helps Latinas tell their stories and grow their speaking platform. In 2015, she was named Wisconsin, one of Wisconsin's most influential Latinas. Arceli is also a diversity speaker, podcast host, poet, consultant for the libraries, historical sites, and nonprofit organizations. She's actively supports diverse leaders in the Black and Latina communities. Arceli, you are like by women for women. So much of what you do is about uplifting women and women of color specifically. What? How has that transformed your life? Was there a moment where you, where this work was a leap of faith, where you weren't sure it was going to work out? Um, take take us back to how you got started.
2: Oh my gosh I think it's always I'm like I'm still there you know what I'm <laughs> saying I'm still there to deny that I'm not still doubting and all of that that would just yeah that's not the real the real is that I'm still there I'm. St- there are times where I'm struggling with it and I'm like but this is what everyone tells you is going to happen right before it happens it's this moment of questioning and doubting so I kind of try to gently remind myself that and come back from the cliff. <laughs>
1: it's so true
0: though right before you do something that really matters to you right before you do something that is you know beautiful and important you feel scared you feel terrified it's not like an easy pursuing your dreams and doing what you love um isn't it isn't easy because when you fail in the face of something you really care about it matters to you more and I think that paralyzes so many people so how do you confront that fear Arceli?
2: Oh, with a lot of meditation and mindfulness and growing and telling me, you know, my own mantras, but like really getting into my own medicine Mm. and calling in those ancestors, the light keepers, the storytellers, the water carriers of and the healers in my lineage and asking them to, hey, give me some of that medicine back. I need that strength to make it it through this. You know, and I brought my, my beautiful sidekick, my little quetzal, my my baby, my mija, and th- that's the you know that she she's very hungry all the time. <laughs> but I love to cook for her. I love feeding her. I love nurturing her and her brother. And I think those two are the reasons why you know the first one she, he really you know he he showed me that I was a you know he showed me I was a woman. You mm-hmm. know, and being a single mom for like eight years, um, and. Also helping our community on the south side of Madison through joining forces for families for so many years with Alex G and so forth. And um, just it it just really, for me, affirmed me and brought me out of a shell that I didn't even know that in a lot of ways, my femininity, um, the, the, the divineness of being a woman was always like just as much as you can get, right? Like, what kind of man can you get? Or are you dressed nice? Cross your legs. Like, you got to provide for your family. But yet, there's all of these, like, contradictory messages. And I think have, being a single mom for so many years, like, it just, like, broke me into, these are my people. Women are my people, and I need to embrace them. And we were strategically and systematically separated by, um, in schools and in different, and even in society, we're separated by our black sisters, and there is nothing that I mean, everything that I'm doing is literally because of black and white women who have showed me this is what we need to. We need this like multicultural unity. And a lot of the women who do support me are white women who are utilizing their platform, their their monies, to support us and uplift us as well. And so I wanted to shout that out to to the allyship because this is what allyship looks like. I have two of my white L.A. women who like made videos for us. (laughs) Yes, like calling in like, hey, this is uncomfortable. And they were very raw about it. They were very real about it. And I was like, what a gift. Like, thank you for being uncomfortable by doing a little commercial for me. (laughs) And understanding like that's what it's about. So I want to shout out to that. And also is an example that we can all work together and uplift um, our voices of, of being paid less of being paid less. And honestly, we are shortchanging our own selves by being paid less.
0: I mean, I I agree with that. And also, I think that there is a really large system and a really large mm. narrative that goes into devaluing the labor of women, devaluing yes. the labor of mothers, devaluing the labor of people of color. Um yes. And I think... What you all are confronting is courageous because I think if we don't change the narrative about our contribution, about our value, um, it will continue to be perpetuated on the generations that come after us. And I think so much of what you do um, is create space for people to change the narrative, to change the story um, and to, you know. Be their be their authentic selves to you know kind of betray uh, a landscape that flattens and oversimplifies what it means to be a person of color, what it means to be a woman. And I so completely agree with you in thinking about like, oh, my feminism was really born uh, when I was a single mother, right? It was <laughs> oh, really yeah. it was really the time period in my life yes. where I became very aware of how different the expectations were for me as a mm-hmm. parent um, in comparison to you know a dad.
1: Uh-huh.
2: I, w- I want to or a married woman mm. with well, uh, with already those expectations yeah Th- that is it just it's very different. I'm like we can take it there. I'm okay. like, let's
0: go. We can get really deep on this. <laughs> this is very. There's a lot to say. There Robbie, is. I want to ask you like, what does it feel like for you to be preparing to tell your story on Friday? To know that folks are going to show up yeah. um, and and celebrate you and celebrate your dur- journey and and celebrate you within the context of your career.
1: Yeah. Well, um, first, I just want to say you really hit the nail on the head because that is exactly what we're doing. We're um, in a sense changing the narrative, but not Mm -hmm. just changing the narrative, but opening that door to let women even feel comfortable and even be able to acknowledge like, hey, I see what's going on. And and not just to notice what's going on, that we're getting paid less, but also just to say, you know I want more for myself and and it's there and all I have to do is reach out and and take it for myself so um so yeah so uh, as far as what you were just asking me it's been quite a journey being a part of this event this will be our third year doing it and it's so fun to be able to see how it's growing each and every year um i remember the very first oh, time God, that's right Girl, we you actually <laughs> held this event in a, in a coffee shop Yep, yeah <laughs> we did tiny little coffee shop la and, finca love you yes and and um <laughs> I've made really great connections just even from that first time. Um, there's women that i really close to now. Um, but any, at any rate, um, y- you know, it's it's not only helped me grow as a person and helped me come out of my c- comfort zone, but also um, at this point being the third year, it's there's something empowering about empowering <laughs> other women. So mm. I'll be up there talking about my story, um, you know, as far as like, my journey and and where I'm at now um, and how I became to like the life into entrepreneurship. But while I'm going to be trying to empower others because there's value in all of our stories, I'm also empowered at at the same time to be able to share. Does that make sense?
0: Yes. It's amazing how often it works like that. Like Mm -hmm. how often when you are, are being empowered, when you are being supported, you you. Start to extend and share that mm-hmm. with with people around you, especially people who share your identity, and go, yeah. "Wait, a person looks like me. Mm. If she can do it, maybe I can do it." Yeah, I, I want to ask, you know, for the folks out there who are listening to this and going, "Well, you know, maybe it's not that you get paid less because you're a woman. Maybe it's not that you get paid less that because you're Latina. Maybe you get paid less because." you're not as qualified you're not as educated you're mm. not as uh you don't have as much seniority what do you mm. say to folks who go you're not necessarily getting paid less for the same job you're uh, you're getting paid less because what you contribute is is not as
2: valuable oh my gosh what we contribute is fashion we contribute everything you buy right now at the store is because of latina and black women mm Right there. Don't you hold back? Okay. Every time you go to the restaurant, every taco you eat, (laughs) those are my manos, them are my hands. We brought that here, and if we were to if we were to charge, would a taco really cost you? Baby, it would be millions. It would be millions. You wouldn't have it because everyone wants a cheap taco, but nobody really wants to know where it came from. Nobody wants to know about the corn, about how we grinded it. How we grind that corn for centuries and the blood that it took to bring it over here. So those roots are deep. And it's unfortunate that this capitalist society doesn't respect that. But I, you know, people have asked me on this show, is this going to be a way to demonize white people and white supremacy? Is this another complaint fest about the man? No, this show is not about that. This show is going to be about, despite all of that, we're still here looking good, smiling <laughs> hard, looking like we're millionaires. <laughs> and a lot of that came from, like, all right, what was it? The Super Bowl. When Shakira comes on and J-Lo came on in the Super Bowl a couple years back during the pandemic, remember that? Everybody's like, oh man, I want her. And they're like 50 year olds. They're like middle aged women. Middle I was age, so. Middle aged m-
0: mothers yes. became these, like, you know, these icons, these sex symbols, these, you know. Masters of business, these you know, mega stars, yes, mega mega humans, the, and the I kinds love, of of musicians
2: that y'all we you, all, you, you well, can't help but love. Exactly, and so that I think came to me too that year, and I was like, you know what? I want what they want. I can. What can I say? It when am I going to be able to say it? So saying "Yo quiero dinero" is not only just fun, and if you're like a '80s kid like me, you remember "Yo quiero Taco Bell." And <laughs> So you can say it, and it is fun to say. Yo quiero dinero. Every man, every woman that I give my flyers to, every Latino, sm- they get a smile on their face. Yo quiero dinero también. They're like, I want money too. And it's it's a liberating, uh, it's a liberating statement. And I think uh, that's what Robbie was pointing out too as well is that we can we need to say it more.
1: Mm. Um,
2: and yeah, there are like there are times where our labor is not seen as value, but. We can make fun of that part, too, right? We can have fun about that. We're not going to just dwell in the negative of the fact that, like, people don't see all of our contributions as valuable or with a dollar sign. They go beyond that. Hmm. They go beyond that. Spiritual. If you're just
0: tuning in, you're listening to a public affair on WORT 89.9 FM Madison. My name's Ali Maldrow, and today we're talking to Rabbi Dominguez and Arceli Esperanza about a storytelling event they are hosting this Friday at the My Arts Building. If you have questions for Robbie or Sally, give us a call at 608-256-2001. Our team will patch you through. Our team today is Engineer Ashley. We love you, Ashley. Uh, Our receptionist, Steve, our producer, Jade, our news director, Shali. All of these people make a public affair on WORT possible. They are the best team of folks you could ever possibly work with. Huge shout out to them. Thanks for you know, always helping me out on Tuesdays, y'all. <laughs> I wanna ask directly, do you all know of a time where you were paid less mm. than somebody who has a different identity than you for the same work?
1: That's a really good question. Um, you know, I guess the first thing that really just comes to my mind is actually recently I was training a client, a male client actually, and mm-hmm. um, I told him my rates and it wasn't his first rodeo as far as needing a trainer. Um, and he said, you know, with everything that you provide, he's like, I think you might be undervaluing, uh, undervaluing yeah. yourself and, and, selling yourself short a little bit and that really opened my eyes so i i'm like oh man let me check my rates let me (laughs) and that's a big thing about what we're trying to do also is like knowing your worth right knowing what you bring to the table and so i guess that's what i can tell you ali is that um even in what i'm doing now and i love what i do and i do what i love but even now like that tells me right there that maybe i'm not getting paid as much as
0: like maybe a male trainer might be. Well, you know what I appreciate about that story Mm -hmm. is one, you know, you're not charging enough when the person who's about to have (laughs) to pay you (laughs) says you should be charging more. (laughs) Um, But also I love that you're kind of acknowledging like we have an internalized sense that we're not as valuable. And I think like that's been something that's come up for me over and over again in my life where women of color have had to say to me, yo, when you don't charge what you're worth it impacts all of us um it impacts all of us who do this kind of work and that's sorry and that's is the very thing that
1: um again just going back to opening that door of like knowing our value knowing our worth knowing what we bring to the table and actually not being afraid Mm. you know to to do that and and the thing is is that i look at like i'll be i'm just gonna be real honest here when i talk to my clients and I have that initial consultation I do get a little nervous when it comes to the money part because I have a heart where I I want to help you out if you can't afford me but at the same time like I do need to put what my value is out there you know time is money and and freedom money is freedom and so and I just wanted to say one other thing to just going back to what you asked about was there ever a time and I'm thinking back and every job that I've worked at before working for myself, the ones at the top are all men. Yep. Mm, The ones running the company, the ones running the business, the ones making the decision on what you're paid. And I literally just thought of that right now. I was like, huh. Robbie, you worked (laughs) in a
2: very male dominated (laughs) industry. I did, I did. I did,
1: but I also worked in childcare for thirteen years. When you oh.
0: talk about leadership, what industry mm. is not male dominated, right? Because mm. education mm. and childcare, right? You when you think of those workforces, you think of women. But yep. when you get right. to the top, when you get to who's the superintendent, who's the principal, who's the boss, oftentimes men are positioned in the the place the spaces of power and authority.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So child care exactly the people at the top deciding what I was paid every year the bonuses the promotions they were men you know and and then Mm. I went to the complete weird turn and did went into the auto industry and like you said mainly uh, male dominated type of industry and at the top are men making the decisions so I'm not trying to say anything negative it's just wanted
0: to point that out yeah. about that. <laughs> I mean I think like we get to be critical of a reality that is positioned men yeah. as more important than women as men as, 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 as folks who are worthy of greater opportunity mm-hmm. than women I think if we're not critical of that who will be Arceli Same question. Can you think of times in your life where you know that somebody who has a different identity than you is getting compensated to a greater extent than you are for the same work? What is what does this look like? What does the wage look like? How is that manifested
2: in your life? Oh goodness, hundreds of thousands of dollars. (laughs) That's what how it was manifested. Uh, For me, it was like literally a person that was my friend and in the same office and doing significantly less output work than I was. And they were getting paid at least 30, 40, 50,000 more per year than I was. Oof. Ooh, yeah. And my job was as director of development. So Oof. to also like harbor in giving days upwards of $500,000, it was tough. It was really tough to be sitting there knowing that I was being attacked racially too, because I was the only um, Latina on the, the you know in staff and so forth. Uh, it was hard because I really liked them. They it was nothing about them. It was a system in in which we were in. So I had to really check myself on that a lot of times. You know, I'm like, I really like this person. It's not their fault. It's the fault of the persons of the boards of the persons who are of our supervisor that's what's the fault and the fault of of our society so i'm not here to yes but if you're my friend if you care about me talk about it you (laughs) know
0: that i am being exploited that i am being compensated differently Mm -hmm. than you and you know that part of that is based in my identity and you don't do anything about it
2: are we friends Mm. right or just fair weather acquaintances. Perhaps. Yeah. It was it was very stressful and still is because you're just kind of like Ugh. it's an unsaid thing, you know? It becomes an, an unsaid thing. Cuz I I
0: feel like in in a community like Madison, everybody wants a black friend. Everybody wants, you know, everybody yeah. wants to be friends until you got a stand up for somebody okay um and I I, I'm gonna put that out to the folks who are listening like do you think that you can be friends with a person of color do you think you can be friends with somebody who's part of the LGBTQ community and not stand up for that person and not show up for that person when they're not being treated well I want to ask you all that give us a call at Mm -hmm. 608-256-2001 and if you if you're like yeah you can be friends and not be an activist on that person's behalf, I want to know why. I want to know how you think that that is supposed to work. And if you say no, um, you have to you know you have to show up for people. You have to care about their rights. You know, because I think I'm thinking about this with men, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I last year when Roe v. Wade was overturned, oh. um, I went to men that I am really close to's Facebook pages to see what they had written about it, to see if they yeah. care. I had just lost if rights anything. rights to yeah. my body. I'm like, yo, if you haven't posted something, where what does that say about where we stand, about yeah. what you care, wh- how much you care about me, how much you care about the women in your life? So I want to hear from you. If you're a person who thinks, yo, I can be your bestie um, and not. You know, stand up for you. Let me know why. Or if you're like, no, it's a requirement. If I'm your friend, I'm there for you. I'm fighting for you. Give us give us a call with your ride or die stories. The number is 608-256-2001. We will patch you through. We want to hear from you. Robbie, I want to jump to you and ask, you know, In in telling your story, I I think it's always a courageous thing to tell your story. It's always a vulnerable thing to to tell your story. The number one fear is public speaking. (laughs) Um, And you've been doing this for a while. Do you feel confident in, in telling your story? Do are there are there stories you shy away from telling? How do you how do you know what you want to talk about with people? And what does it feel like to perform in front of an audience that may have a variety of reactions to what you're saying? Mm.
1: Yeah. Um it has definitely been a challenge and I'm still growing in the whole public speaking thing. As a funny little side note, um Araceli had asked me to do this and I was like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I just was so nervous. And I, and as I said when we started the show that I, I am nervous. But um, I've come a long way. Um, just being a part of um, the organization that's putting on Yo Quiero Dinero, Midwest Mujeres, um, that has really helped me as far as in my public speaking skills, in my marketing skills, in the connections that I've made, um, just being part of the organization. And, and going back to all the years that we've done this, I remember the mm-hmm. very first time like I needed to have notes. And this yes. will be the first year where Adeseli really challenged us all. And she was like, ladies, we're not having cue cards, we're not having notes, but instead of just saying, You're not going to do this. She also was like, so show up every week. I'm going to help you. She's had different people in place kind of training us,
0: helping us. These are going to be some good stories. So what you're telling folks is like the folks are very well. You are well prepared to tell this story, (laughs) to tell this story well. And you're taking a risk you're doing it differently you're you're growing and developing as an artist yeah and and Mm. to be
1: honest like there is something so vulnerable about sharing your story and you don't realize it until you're actually in the moment doing it right so we've been uh every week for last month or so we've been meeting together and um Doing little exercises, storytelling exercises, opening our minds to different ways and how to intro yourself and just learning how to do the whole public speaking. But last week was our first time really getting up there and going for it in front of our the other ladies and being critiqued and yeah we were critiqued by Z, by Gen Z
2: we were critiqued by Gen Z girl, but we that's were, like
0: performing at the Apollo okay not, they are not holding back <laughs> they were not I've been, at a, I've been at a few graduations and I'm like young young <laughs> people will let the commencement speaker know yeah that yeah. that they're not into it
2: for sure thank you rainbow sunshine
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's very is yeah so you feel very vulnerable yeah. and and also it's very humbling to um uh, It's 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 a great experience. I'm so grateful to be able to do it, and um, yeah, I just continue to get better at it. And yeah, (laughs) Arcella
0: you've been telling stories for a long time. You've been engaged in artistic expression. You've been engaged in kind of shifting narratives, kind of by any any means necessary. This is work you're deeply committed to. Um, At this point, who are you as a storyteller? How has how has your approach to this work evolved?
2: I think it's involved because I'm not wasting my time and energy anymore convincing that white supremacy exists or that systems of oppression exist. I want you to be inspired to take those bricks out of the way when you listen with your whole heart to the stories that will break all of those barriers. And they did this. These women did this with their wit, with their innovation, their craft, their expertise, their excellence in their discipline, their tenacity. But most of all, their bravery, like we just were talking about. And who am I in this? I'm just I'm a water carrier. You know, I'm like, this is medicine to carry to, uh, to the next generation. My abuelita, that's how she raised me, was on all these stories. Um, she was like the first person in our in our lineage to learn how to read. And it was a very powerful tool. It was a very powerful tool to learn how to read. And that really shaped us and shifted all of us. Um, and so just like many uh, first-generation women, all these women will be the first in their families to either choose entrepreneurship to do something different than what their parents did and to ask for more money. Because our parents taught us to take what we could because we were desperate. We came to this country with nothing. Take what you can get and be grateful. Yeah, take what you can get and be grateful, exactly. Don't be loud about it. Don't shake up the boat. For heaven's sakes, you need to like make, it was just, it's a little bizarre. (laughs) because i never understood like that mentality will not get us away from where we were (laughs) so it was it's almost like you have to like oh you gotta be the in in my in in my way my metaphoric mind it's like the conquistador has to come out Mm. that conquistador part of me has to come out and i'm like i don't want them to like also destroy everything around them but destroy that one part of me that's weak um that is fearful for asking for more or even asking for my worth. Mm.
0: Thank you so much for speaking to that, Arceli. If you're just joining us, you're Mm. listening to WORT 89.9 FM. We are talking about storytelling. We're talking about an event that's happening this Friday. Um, We're we're talking about, uh, you know, the wage gap and and you know the feminist nature of storytelling Um, we're having a pretty beautiful conversation if you want to join this conversation the number is 608-256-2001 we'll patch you through and you can chime in with whatever you've got to say or how you feel about stories how you feel about you know feminist movement how you feel about making sure women of color are compensated fairly we want to hear from you. Robbie, I want to ask you, are there stories that you're really looking forward to hearing this Friday? Like mm-hmm. stories you're really excited about, people who are part of this, uh, you know, part of this showcase uh, that you want to highlight in this moment?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm so excited for, for all of their stories, although we've been together these last couple week after week preparing I feel like I kind of know what everyone's talking about but I'm you're we're kind of all there just like cheering each other on and so excited for for the person next to us to go up there and share their story I mean we've been really highlighting about how much our stories have value so so just going up there or just listening to to my the ladies that have been doing this with me um that and in of itself is super exciting and i get empowered i get excited mm-hmm. to hear what they have to say um not to change the subject but there's you asked a question way at the beginning of the show that i kind of been thinking about this whole time and i just kind of didn't finish the um my thought process until just now you had said what if people maybe people listening right now are saying, well, maybe it's not about that you're a woman and it's not, you know, maybe you just don't have that. As a Latina and just knowing my upbringing, that's a foreign concept to me because we are hard Mm -hmm. workers. So running my own business, I I just work for myself. Someday I might have employees. I will choose the hard worker over the person who might have the degree mm. hands down. Mm-hmm. So to me, I'm sorry, like it doesn't matter like what you know. I, I want to see your work ethic. I want to see how hard you're working. And I feel like a lot of us women, black and brown women especially, are hard workers. It's just in our culture. And so um I guess I would just say to those people like I don't know, maybe they need to be challenged on what they're thinking if they're thinking hey like it's, it's your fault because yeah. you didn't but, get a but degree I think and that's it's the not. thing i it's think there's a
0: thing there that you're saying which is i'm like i was raised to be hard working yeah and i was raised to be hardworking, and i was also given a narrative that you would work that i should work twice as hard for half as much mm. right so i was taught to work hard but not to expect to be valued by people and unlearning that is a, a very serious process mm-hmm. um i i think about like why we why we uh why we consider certain kinds of qualifications so important and i think it's because those qualifications signal privilege yeah. right it's not that you went to college it's that you got to go to college yes. um one of my my favorite lines in a a book ever is in little fires everywhere she says it's not it's not that you made good choices it's that you had good, good choices, choices. Mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and so i think talking about like I, I just appreciate that you brought us back to that because I think it it's was such on my
1: mind. It was bothering me that I didn't say anything about that because there's been plenty of times. I mean, now that I work for myself, I, do, I will. I always want to work for myself. But there was times in my life that when I was looking for a job, I, I just thought to myself, oh, I can't do this because I need the I need this, this and this train me. I will work hard and I could do that same job. Oh, yeah. And I deserve the same amount well, of pay and not just. Is
0: you know, or more, and let's confront the stereotype that we're not qualified, right? Black yeah. women are the most college-educated demographic in the United States right now. Right. So the idea that you're not qualified, you don't have the experience, I'm like, that's not that's not actually real. That's not the difference. And I think it's really important to to talk about like the difference is not the the level of skill we have or the level of education we have. It's about the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you are out here, Arceli creating opportunity, kind of out of thin air, right? Um, and I, th- I think that's such a courageous thing to do. do. Is there a part of you that feels like, oh, I wish somebody had done this for me. I wish that this had, you know, I wish that I had had these platforms. I wish I had had these spaces to talk about this. I wish I had known how to renegotiate my wage oh, yeah. um, earlier in life.
2: Oh, absolutely. I'm doing this for all of the 20 and 30 year old Latinas out here and come. Come to this event. This is for you. This is definitely for you. Uh, Going back to, like, earning and worth, Dr. Sagacious Livingston will be there. And Sagacious was saying in our green screen video that we did about her, she talked about that there is... This other thing about money and women, and that the way we earn money is dirty, that women of color earn money in a dirty way through mm. kind of like kind of we, we, we were talking about the Super Bowl and Jayla and everything and, and Shakira. and what was it about them that make money? Their bodies. Mm. I bet if I don't have that body, am I gonna be making that money at 50 years old? Mm, okay. I I think that that's
0: such a harsh thing. I feel like I remember as a kid, like Chris Rock at an award show saying J Lo needs to thank her behind. Oh yeah, for, I remember that for too. for, that for kinda, why yeah. she's been <laughs> successful. Mm. And I think you know no, this is a person who gets up every day and works out oh, for exactly. two hours. This is a really hardworking yeah. person. This is a really talented person. There are very few people who can do what J Lo and Shakira can do. Right. And simultaneously, I'm like there is we have to talk about the fact that these folks are hypersexualized and that is part of the reason America is willing to promote their success.
2: Thank you. Yeah, exactly. I think it goes with both ways the society is telling us that the way we earn money is only one or two ways or the way we go to like a level of success is like one or two ways. And no, I'm saying there's multiple ways we get there and not all of those multiple ways are either seen, valued or legitimized. And I hope that this event not only does all three of those things and inspires you at the same time. We are legitimizing that there are stories of success that aren't always about success. They're not going to be like this linear, like, Oh, one day. No, we're all still in the struggle. Uh, so we were talking about like what other stories you're going to hear that day. I was also thinking about Victoria. She's also just starting her business. Victoria Thayer. And we're going to talk about Jasmine, uh, Jasmine Lopez, who has a casmira cleaning, who has Kind of like taking the whole cooperative business model on its head, but utilizing it to help her own people who are undocumented and want and need to have like certain, um, certain licenses or insurances in order to do, uh, certain uh, cleaning gigs. And so she's operationalized this whole system and it's really kind of cool. And so she's going to talk about that. And then I think about. My yo quiero, yo quiero dinero Karen, mm-hmm. Karen Garcia talks about liberating her voice and, uh, and how it's important to say yo quiero dinero to your neighbor to your co-workers to your family because if we, we need to uh, legitimize, normalize and make it more regular saying that to each other about how it's okay to want more money or want more of life and so all of these stories you're going to hear on Friday at 6 p.m. at the MyArts Theater. Go and buy your tickets. It's on Eventbrite. Hey, and pitch in some, a little bit more money. This year, we have grown 150% in attendance, and that means that our very beautiful afro caterer is going to be doing more work than she ever did before. So please feel free to pitch in a little donation as well to help us offset our catering costs. And also while you're at it, please support war like y'all just came back for your giving campaign this last week. I was intently listening to some beautiful content last week. It was so beautiful. Thank it's you. it takes it takes a village right to there make these go. things happen. and a lot of what
0: you're doing is you're manifesting the village we need versus the village we have. yeah, yeah. I, I want to ask you all, what do you hope? the impact of these stories are? How do you hope people are changed by by listening to what you're saying? What do you hope you manifest by putting this out into
2: the ethos? Rabi?
1: Well first I just wanna say, like with what Araceli just said, like. You said one hundred and fifty. What was that? That one hundred fifty
2: percent we've grown. Since like our that f- says yeah. it
1: all, right? Mm. That says it all. So our message is getting out there. Our story is getting out there. That door is not just being open; it's open, ladies. You hear that? It's open. Okay, so, and just uh, all the different speakers. It's not a one size fits all, right? Like it's you're gonna come and and wherever you're at in your life with what you do, whether you work a job, whether you get a salary, whether you're an entrepreneur or maybe you want to take that. Stuff, up and you're not sure um there's a little bit of everything it's kind of like that box of chocolates you don't know what you're going to get but when you come you're going to you're going to be fed um you're not going to leave being hungry oh yeah um, s- and and we will have food there, but that's not exactly what I was talking about. So, but yeah. I think you get the picture. Yeah. I feel
0: like when you know the event is brown women, black women, women of color, mm-hmm. you know you're gonna be nourished, you know you're gonna be taken care of in the yes. space, you know you're gonna be honored within the context of your humanity. Yeah,
1: and, and the thing is, is you're gonna make connections. Doors can be opened by the people mm. you meet. Maybe you're new to Madison and you wanna you need a community, even if you just make a friend. I mean, you're going to get something out of it. Um, so I just want to encourage people to come. Like, it, It's such an honor to be able to be a part of it and to be a speaker. But um, I'm what, excited what to, for the people I'll meet. What you are doing
0: is so radical, right? What you're doing in, in, in bringing your... Your stories to people and bringing your story to life for people that is radical but it is also radical for folks to show up and listen to women of color mm-hmm. and listen to folks air their grievances yeah. and listen to people say yo quiero dinero mm-hmm. like it is it is a radical thing to to hear from folks who have been left out of the conversation. It is a radical thing to promote the voices of people. And it's also, for me, just sitting in this room, seeing like the love between the two of you throughout this conversation, (laughs) like your willingness to promote one another's work, kind of makes me want to cry. Like, it's really encouraging because I think we're so often taught that there's only room for one of us, that we need to be in competition with each other, that we need to be comparing ourselves to each other. Exactly. and I, I think that this gets us really far away from that. Oh, yeah.
1: Right. And uh, there is so much. There could be a whole show just on that. And there's so much to be said about that because it hasn't always been like that here in Madison. Oh, God. No. And I feel like hmm. not only are oh, we opening un, yes. the <laughs> doors for women to feel like comfortable um, and, and just wanting more for themselves. We are also kind of putting that vibe out there that like, hey, you're doing well that means I'm doing
2: well. Yeah, you know, like supporting If you grow, each other. we all mm-hmm. grow. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, what I said earlier for those listeners, like she just said something. I said, ojos y uñas. I said, eyes and nails. Because entre Latinas, we kind of do that to each other. First is the look up and then uh, <laughs> the nails coming out. And that's how, I be, and we're aggressive like that, no doubt. And I know between black women it can be that way too. Yeah. It's not always easy to be. Well,
0: and when you are fed a narrative of self-hatred, I was talking yes, to my daughter about this. I'm like, when you're fed a narrative of self-hatred then what do you do you hate yourself and you hate people like you right Mm -hmm. and so Mm -hmm. all of that like anger and frustration that you have around being treated badly you blame yourself for it and then you blame the people like you um for it and uh, healing from that is its own is its own process i think so much of the work that you do arcelli is about helping people heal from colonization from racism from homophobia from sexism and i have to ask because i'm like you are both women who are, are are working you know at a variety of levels on you know multiple in multiple major areas um and When do you take time for yourself? What does rest look like for you? Because there's one narrative that we're not working hard enough. And there's another narrative that we should never be resting. We should always be working. We should always be on. How do you combat that? How do you make space for, for rest and for care and for, you know, for not buying into kind of capitalist productivity while you say, I want money. I want money and I want rest too.
1: I think it's really important to take care of yourself, you know, because if you're not good for yourself, you're not good for anybody else. So I know my outlet as uh, your gym bestie, (laughs) I work, I work out. (laughs) That's my self-care, you know, your self-care is your work. Yes. That's why I say I love what I do and I do what I love. But Mm. um, I I guess that's how I would answer that. That's, you know, just taking the time out for myself to enrich myself, you know, so that I can then help others, you know? Mm. Yeah.
2: My rest is like a lot of laughter, hanging out on the couch with Poppy and just like, just watching a movie and, you know, watching a movie, chilling out. Um, Yeah, that's how I do my my fun rest. But, But like deep spiritual rest, honestly, it's like I gotta go barefoot in my lawn <laughs> and just like hang and just like literally get that energy back from other like i need to like i'm a Taurus like ah, Lee, we, you know you know us our signs. <laughs> gotta let the water just fall on me i just gotta let the water just fall on me and do that barefoot like hug a tree type thing and honestly it does work like at least for me it does work um my my mentors have showed me this and For me, it works, you know, just to like get reconnected and and finding that solace. But obviously, yeah, writing poetry is like definitely my rest moment. That's that's I think my when I can finally let go of all of these, all of what I carry and then, in then like two weeks after this event, I'm just going to come out with some kick-ass <laughs> poem. I didn't know it. <laughs> yeah,
1: and there, there is something um, else to say. I guess it's also about like who you surround yourself mm. with too. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like I have such a great support system of a, a bunch of ladies that even right now through this experience are texting in because they're le- listening and they're texting me and they're encouraging me. And that they can you know, call in. They can, they call, can call in, in and in. say, "We see
0: you, Boo. We see you, Jim Basti. We've got like <laughs> six minutes left." But if you yeah, want to you yes. want to give us a call and encourage your friend while you listen, the number is 608-256-2001. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah. But I so agree with that. Right. Your support system really matters. Like the people who show up for you. Mm-hmm. I think like that's why it's important here at WRT 89.9 FM Madison to give a shout out to the folks who contribute to this yes, show. Thank you. Because nobody does anything on their own. Right. Mm-hmm. You always have people who are looking out for you, who are helping you, who are cheering for you. If you're going to be successful, you need people who, who are, are, you know, are, are helping you out, are believing in what you believe in. I want to ask this question because I think it's one of my more controversial opinions. Mm-hmm. I really dislike the slogan equal pay for equal work um, because yeah. I'm like, I know a lot of women and they don't work equally to men they always work harder i'm like <laughs> i want more money for more work how do you all feel about equal pay for equal work how do you all feel about more money for more work what what is you know what what is what is the goal of the movement around resolving the wage gap do we want to be paid the same amount do we want to be valued in the same way or do we want to be valued for, for our contribution, um, and do we want that contribution to be thoroughly understood for, for all that it it brings to this world?
2: I think that if there were aliens come here and they would know about this, and knowing that we're the ones who give the babies, those guys would be like, what? And how did that happen? Mm. They would be investigative, but I want to get back to the harder. I like that aliens are upset about this wage gap. They would I'm just be like, this doesn't even make sense at all. They would be. They would leave us. They'd be like, no, these people are scary. Bye. Um, they don't treat the people who give them people <laughs> right well. Um, but I want to get back to the work hard. Uh, the word harder. The connotation harder is physical, and men because they are physically. We're, they're physically stronger than us therefore that word go, gets denoted to that. them i'm gonna say physically stronger than us is up for debate that part is up for uh, debate i will
1: second that okay
2: thank you <laughs> but for most times that's how it's said is yeah. that our work isn't seen as physically harder because t- uh, and then i go back to like how um, black people are seen in in doctors that that apparently they don't feel pain that a lot of the times they get so incredibly sick or were maltreated in the hospitals because apparently people who are melanated <laughs> don't feel pain.
0: Yeah, the whole concept of thick skin, right? Yeah.
2: Like that idea
0: is is an idea that is driven from a racist place.
2: I also feel that men possibly don't want to give us more wages because they already were like, well, the guy's there with her. Mm. There must be some guy behind her. That's helping her. No, there are
0: entire professions that are set up to underpay you Mm -hmm. with the expectation that your spouse. Yes. Um. You know, I think being of, a writer think, is one of them. I think of teachers in that way. I'm like yeah. teachers are, are I think the justification for underpaying educators has often been, well, but they can still buy a home, they can still have a family, they can still have a, a spouse who you know subsidizes the fact that they have uh, a lower income. Yeah. Robbie, what do you think? Because you seconded yeah, that yeah, men are not stronger.
1: Well, I, I'm I'm sitting here thinking about like we're preaching about know your worth, know yeah. your worth know your value and fight for what you feel like you deserve you yeah. know so
0: and unionize you know cuz part of what you all are doing is bringing people together you are you are bringing folks together to build up this movement and this conversation we have a minute left in this last minute I want you all to, to promote this event make sure people know where it is why they should be there, what time it starts, it's this Friday Yo Quiero Dinero
1: yeah, Yo let, Quiero let, Dinero at My Arts Theatre uh, this Friday from 7 to 8.30 um, you will not be disappointed, there is something for you there, I, I want to meet you we want to meet you, um, it's going to be a great time and the vibe is Gonna be great, and I just think you should come. Uh, you can't lose.
2: <laughs> can't lose. We gotta have it there, and you're gonna have it to say it with us because at the end we're all gonna say it together. <laughs> I, will, I will. I'm down to say it. I yeah. I'm gonna be at
0: this event. I don't know if that makes you want to be there, but one of your favorite hosts from W O R T eighty nine point nine F M, Ali Maldro, is planning to attend. your Cara De Niro this Friday at My Arts. At what time is it again? Is it 7 to 8.30? Well, Seven. So,
2: we're, networking starts at 6.00 networking starts oh, I'm at sorry. 6. Yeah. yeah. Networking starts. Get and there at 6. Get there at 6. Have some drinks, you know, da da da. Well, and I like <laughs> this cuz for our, you know, we
0: need that grace period, we, you mm-hmm. know. We got to we got to have a little extra time. Yeah. I want to thank you all for listening to WORT 89.9 FM. Robbie and Arceli, thank you so much for everything that you're doing in our community. Uh it was an absolute pleasure and an honor to get to talk to both of you. Same, girl. Same. same. Thank you. Y'all are the best in the support of